before we get into this episode, I just want to say a big thank you to our supporters, Festival Republic. You've probably spent the weekend in a field with them at some point. They put on some of the UK's best known festivals. They're also leading when it comes to sustainability. This year, they're collaborating with Music Declares Emergency to transition their event power to grid energy and are displaying the carbon footprint of the food on sale. They've already switched single-use plastic bottles to those made from recycled materials, brought in deposit return schemes for cups and are zero waste to landfill. They're actively engaged in greening the music industry through Vision 2025, a body bringing outdoor events and climate goals together. Sounds Like a Plan is all about ideas and solutions, so it made sense to me to team up with one of the most proactive festival organisers out there. One of their main events is the legendary Reading Festival, always the lineup of the summer. It takes place at Richfield Avenue, Reading, from the 26th to the 28th of August 2022. Day tickets and weekend passes are now sold out, but you can keep an eye on ticketmaster.co.uk for any return tickets which become available. So, big up Festival Republic for their support and their essential work. They say their job is to preserve the live music experience for generations to come, and that is something we can all get behind. Hello and welcome to Sounds Like a Plan, a podcast all about how the music world is taking action in the climate crisis. I'm Greg Cochran, a journalist and podcaster. And I'm Faye Milton, a musician, producer and co-founder of Music Declares Emergency. This time on the podcast, we speak to two huge names within the world of music and visual art, the composer Max Richter and the artist and curator Yulia Ma. Together, Max and Yulia have recently opened a carbon negative studio. We hear about their 20-year grand plan to open a sustainable recording an art space and how it could be a taste of the future. Yeah, they'll give us a tour of what they call their art factory in the wood. And as always, before we go, we'll also leave you with some recommendations. So let's get into the podcast. Great to have you with us and welcome everyone to the podcast. Lots to talk about when it comes to this week's guests and the topic that we are discussing. I guess the theme would be something like space or architecture or buildings um, when it comes to music and the arts response to the necessary changes we need to make when it comes to the climate emergency and a shift to more sustainable models and more sustainable ways of doing things and where and how we make music is obviously a crucial part of that. Before we get into this, something to help you visualise the conversation and, and this podcast that you're listening to right now. Um, and we're going to be discussing Studio Rick Mar, which is the studio that Max and Yulia, our guests, launched very recently. But I've put a link to some of the images of the studio in the show notes below wherever you're listening to this. So you can go and check it out. Also, I've put some on our Instagram. We are Sounds Like a Plan podcast. So I urge you to take a quick scroll as you're listening to this. It will really help you place where we're talking about, sort of visualise it and lots of stuff that um, we're going to be getting into. Now, Faye, presumably you've been in some good and some not so good recording spaces over your years as a musician, but this one looks pretty cool, right? Yes, that studio looks absolutely heavenly, like a pod of recording magic. And yeah, it's all white and beautiful and wooden and it's really, I'm extremely jealous. I want that space. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's beautiful. And um, yeah, maybe you'll, maybe you'll get the chance to get in there at some point. I did have a little sneaky kind of can I come moment and they seem, they seem pretty positive. So yeah. To give everybody listening to the podcast a little bit of background, our guests this time on the podcast are Max Richter and Yulia Ma. Max is a world-renowned pianist and composer. I think he's had something like three billion streams across his catalogue. His work includes many, many notable film scores and TV soundtracks and albums. Uh, Yulia is a after award-winning visual artist who specialises in high-impact lens-based work, an amazing photographer and filmmaker. Her background is also in theatre direction and academia. And last year, after two decades, uh, which is a long time, of dreaming and planning, they opened the doors to Studio Richter Marr, um, their third major collaborative project together. Um, most recent one was The Voices multimedia album, I think, which came out in 2020, which is a really, really interesting piece of work. They described the studio beautifully in the conversation that we're about to play out. But just before we do that, some of the key features to tell you about this multi-art space. It's powered by cutting-edge solar and heat pump technology. The building is an upcycled farm building. And as, they, as they're about to explain, it sounds like it's in an absolutely a beautiful kind of rural setting. It operates as a commercial space for hire. So you can go in there, you can do your thing if you're an artist of any kind of discipline really and they're going to make it available as a free space for emerging artists to develop their work inside there's an orchestral recording room a surround sound mix facility programming rooms video edit suite fine art studio and an exhibition space and there's even a cafe uh, with the food grown in an on-site kitchen garden and so when they announced that they were opening this this is a great quote from Yulia she said Studio Richter Mar is about dreaming the future into existence, a better way to live and work. It's about offering time and opportunities for people to really experiment. So I guess we should just get into it. Um, do go and check out those images of it um, as you listen to this. As I said, they're in our show notes and on our Instagram. Uh, but it was very much our pleasure to welcome onto Sounds Like a Plan, Max Richter and Yulia Mar. Max and Yulia, welcome to the podcast. This is something a bit different for us. While we can't be together speaking to you today, we are speaking to you about the place where you are sat right now, which is Studio Richter Mar. In a moment, we'd love to hear all about how it's come to be and some of the features of the studio. But obviously, listeners to the podcast can't see you. So I wondered if you wouldn't mind just giving us a bit of a descriptive tour. So where you are in the world and, and, and what you can see around you. Okay, so we're in North Oxfordshire. And um, we found a disused old alpaca farm, which we've converted into a recording studio and um, art spaces. So um, we're surrounded by 31 acres of woodland. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, we've got a vegetable garden where we grow all our own produce here. And we've got a little pond and um, deer and rabbits and snakes. <laughs> uh, inside, we've got um, a bunch of... Um, production rooms and recording rooms and video edits facilities and things like that so it's it's quite because it's an old disused alpaca farm it's very high ceilinged it's mm. very modernist in design uh, very white very clean um, space for everyone to just get together and work together um, in terms of the working spaces you just mentioned there uh, max behind you i can see some recording equipment can you just tell us a little bit where where you're sat and the, the place you are right now yeah so i'm in my writing room uh, my writing room looks out over the woods and um, it's a big um, kind of a white box with a wooden floor 
Um, and actually, uh, it's a copy of a studio that was my room when we had a studio in Berlin. And uh, this was a studio in an old factory loft in Mitte. And I loved it so much that um, we basically sort of copied it when we came here, except this time, instead of there being, you know, Auguststrasse in Mitte, there's the forest to look out on. And yeah, it's, um, this writing room is full of, um, I guess, a lot of old analog gear, which I love. Um, and there's a piano and yeah, beautiful light. And it's just a very comfortable kind of humane space. Am I right in thinking the studio opened last year? It's been, been, been used for a little while, hasn't it? Well, we've been operating here for about a year. Um, but basically we're in a kind of like beta phase of development with it. So we knew what the plan was all the way along and we would like you know, had this vision for 20 years that we were madly working towards. And then we opened it and we thought, okay, well, we have to make sure it works. <laughs> so the first year of operation has been about us and about making sure that, you know, when the orchestras come in, it works and, and the, all the recording equipment and all the, you know, the solar panels, everything's working. And now we're in a couple of months ago, we opened more generally so that other people can come in and use the space as well. Yeah. Amazing. And you mentioned it there, 20 years you've been thinking about this yeah, project. Yeah, we have. Take, take us back to, to you know, the, we'll talk in a moment about the, the sort of um, the sustainable elements of it. But, I mean, is that, has that all been sort of in your mind for, for two decades that you've wanted to create this, a space just like this? I mean, I think the thing is, you know, for artists, like the big challenge, isn't it, especially when you're starting out, is trying to find a space to do your thing. And space, it costs, doesn't it? It's, <laughs> especially in the city, you know, trying to find an environment where you can actually just make your work. And that applies, you know, both in, in music and uh, recording, but also, you know, within Yulia's area of visual arts. And, you know, we just, it's hard to get a space. So we had this kind of a dream, wouldn't it be great if, you know, we could find a space which we could use for our own work and then also make available to other people. And um, it, uh, for a lot of years, it just felt like a dream, this something which was just sort of in the background and was never actually going to happen. And then all of a sudden, we, we just spotted this place. And um, it was one of those big uh, industrial farm sheds, you know, these sort of big metal sheds you see all over the place. And um, it just sort of fit the bill. And we had the opportunity to just kind of scoop the insides out of which there weren't many really, there were tractors and stuff parked in it. And then just populate it with all these, these lovely workspaces. Amazing. To talk a little bit about some of the sustainable elements of the building then, am I right in thinking that it's a carbon positive building? And, and what does that mean to people that might not be familiar with the term? Well, it's, it's actually negative. Okay. It's a, it's a bit confusing. Um, the idea of the design was that we should be feeding electricity in our case back into the grid so that the 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 building was planned around a a lot of solar panels because we've got an enormous roof so that's a great benefit so we get all our energy off there and that also drives the uh, air source heat pumps so basically the plan is that this building will be self-sufficient and actually put energy back into the grid so that's how it's been designed we obviously don't know that until we've been up and running for a, a while mm. because obviously over a year, you know, things peaks and troughs and you, you, to some extent you can't predict it. But that, that has been the vision, yeah. Yeah. What are some of the other, other elements that have gone into the building that have ensured that it's as, as sustainable as possible? 
Well, I guess the main thing is that when we started out, we had really, you know, we had to make some decisions about how we're even going to build it, what materials and what we were going to use and what we were going to start over. And, and actually, in a way, it would have been easier and cheaper just to knock it all down and start over. But obviously, that would be really wasteful because there's a lot of infrastructure there already. So what we did is we preserved the existing concrete slab, which obviously has a huge amount of energy, in it, embodied energy in it. And we also preserved the, um, the steel frame of the building. And so we've just sort of kept as much as we could and just sort of renewed things as we needed to. So that was kind of the principle all along. Amazing. It sounds like a grand designs project. In a way that there's always, you know, on those shows, there's always a kind of great optimism and a vision. And then everyone is in tears and chaos and they all just sort of... <laughs> yeah. And it, was, it has, you know, it has been like that. It's been a huge thing to put together. And it, weirdly, we did it, a lot of it, in fact, most of it really, under lockdown. So it sort of made it even more uh, intense, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, so the whole thing is kind of mad, but, you know, the outcome has been wonderful. It's really exciting. Was there a moment where you thought you weren't going to make it? Yeah, loads, I think. I mean, like any of these building projects, it's a total nightmare most of the time. And you've got so many decisions to make. I mean, it's just endless. And, and, most, and especially if you're trying to think always with a kind of environmentally conscious mind, then it's, it's really difficult because often, actually, what I didn't realise it was going to be weighing up two things. It's not simple, is it? You think you're just going to go, OK, I want this building and I want it to work like this. And actually, if the badgers, you know, we can't do something and we need diesel because the badgers are going to move and they need to be moved in, in the season that's good for them, and then what does that mean? And, yeah. And so it's a really, it's, a, it's actually a much more complicated process than I, I was really naive mm. about it, I think. And um, yeah, but we got there yeah, in the it's end. it's a huge jigsaw puzzle, isn't it? I remember uh, for a long time, our experience of this building, for years really, was of an enormous to-do list of questions. You know, this or that, or, you know, a million different choices, a million different decisions to make. And it was kind of weird moving from, that experience of the building into actually being in it and going, oh, it's a building. You know, it's not a to-do list. It was kind of, that was kind of a strange sort of shift in mindset. Is there a sort of feedback loop as you perceive it with the geographical surroundings of the studio? Like you mentioned earlier, the setting of it, and it sounds beautiful, but like, does, does it, what's the relationship between the recording studio, the building and the, and, and the local environment, if that makes sense? I think it's an extraordinary thing that's going on here. I can't believe it. I always knew in theory that being in nature, being kind of surrounded by the woodland, it would affect your practice and it would affect how people are. But actually seeing that in action is just absolutely extraordinary. I, I can't believe the extent to which it changes everything. <laughs> and, and so it, it affects every single project that goes through and it affects our own practices, I think. I've completely changed. I think Max has as well. I was going to say, mm. do you mind just telling us a bit more about that? Is that about the kind of uh, effect it has on the the mentality of people that walk through the door of the building? Is it is it about yourselves? Like, yeah, a little bit of insight on that would be great. Mm. It's an oddly it's an oddly spiritual experience, really. I mean, it's um, you know, I'm a city person. I was 
born in Budapest, I, you know, we lived in Berlin. I'm, I've really been a city person my whole life. So you always have a, an awareness of nature, you know, as something a little bit separate from yourself, even though it isn't. And you, you, you know all about the theoretical ideas of what's going on out there. But when you live in the middle of a woodland, the whole thing about the cycles of life and the interconnectedness of everything suddenly sits so deep and you suddenly really get it. And it's no longer this good versus bad thing. It's, it's just this balance. <laughs> and it's, hard, it's really hard to describe, but it's, it's, it's unbelievably profound. And, um, and to, over years, as opposed to just, you know, just a short holiday, let's say we always have country holidays. And, and then, it, then you kind of relax into the countryside, don't you? And you have a nice time and you think, oh, isn't, isn't this beautiful? But when you're actually living in it and seeing the life cycles go on all the time and the interconnectedness of everything, it's just, um, it, it gives you... I'm not sure that if we were all so connected to this, whether we would live in the societies we do live in, because um, I think it just changes you so much. I think it's interesting. It's like when, even if we're you know, working quite hard, like, for example, if I've, you know, I've recorded, you know, movie scores and things here, and that, you know, that's quite a high pressure thing to do. You know, an orchestra turns up, a lot of people turn up, you know, we've got whatever it is, three hours or something, we've got to get a certain amount of music down. But what's interesting is actually doing that here, where, you know, people are having their cup of tea sitting you know, out looking at the trees or playing ping pong or chess or whatever it is they're out doing out there and or going for a walk, it gives it a different energy. And it's quite, um, it's an effect which sort of creeps up on you and creeps up on people almost sort of unconsciously. But I think it provides, uh, it changes the atmosphere and it changes the way people are with one another uh, in, in a really a really nice way, it seems to just kind of, well, you know, I mean, people just seem a bit more relaxed, really. And in a really good way, you know, really healthily. And that's, uh, you know, really great to see. And there's perspective, isn't there, Max? It's like, no matter what's going on, and there are things, you know, the music business, we all know, it's, you know, shark-infested waters. It's a difficult business, isn't it? Any of these creative businesses are difficult. But no matter what's going on and how difficult it is, you know, if you know... If you're looking out the window and there are the the chickens and the rabbits, <laughs> you know the deer or whatever the, you know whatever's happening, it, it's just a perspective. It just gives you enormous perspective on on all these problems being actually that that small, um, rather than the, the the thing that they become when you're sitting on the end of a phone after a tube ride across London and you're stressed and everything feels stressy. It, it also sounds like you didn't necessarily anticipate the effect that it might have on your. Um, creative expression if you know what I mean like you didn't really necessarily know until yeah. you got there not, not, we didn't we knew a bit but I think it's just so much deeper than we ever even imagined having kind of yeah you know. and I think for me personally um, I mean I feel like it's maybe too soon to tell quite what sort of effect it's going to have I mean what I can definitely say is everything is easier um, and every I can do everything in a kind of kind of less effort, uh, I feel you know like the building kind of supports you when you're in it because it's designed to make the things we're doing easier. So you sort of we've sort of got everything we need, you know, and uh, in a in a kind of in an environment which is 
fun to be in. You know, so that really makes a difference. And I mean, I think having such close contact with the natural world, I mean, I'm sure it's going to change things for me, but I'm not quite sure how yet. <laughs> We're also mm. setting up a lot of schemes to get younger people in to have free access to the space and stuff. And that's one of the things that's really driven us over the years is the idea of, okay, so what, how can we make things better? You know, we're always talking about through the records or through, through the art projects about better worlds. <laughs> so how can we actually try and make things better and how can we give back in a way and, and support people coming up through, you know, because again, coming back to the music industry and streaming, it can be really hard. Kind of, it can be really hard to make it. I mean, so once you've made it, it's, it, it kind of accumulates in a quite in a really nice way. <laughs> it's okay. But going up, you know, so many people, they can't make ends meet when they're, you know, trained musicians who spend years and years perfecting their art. And, um, so fundamental to this whole building is the concept of, of younger people coming in and having free access to the space so that they can also be here for a while. And, 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 and hopefully we will be changed by them too coming through and they will be changed by us as well as what's around us. It's interesting because what, what you describe and what I'm seeing is looks like a very kind of like serene setting, uh, particularly as well, like the, the outside space. And I'm, But I've almost got this kind of imagining of like, like a young punk band coming totally. in or something and making a complete yeah, racket, exactly. which sounds really acceptable yeah. as well, obviously. But it's sort of, of course. like, yeah, it's, it's the idea of, um, yeah, I mean, you, you, is it kind of an invitation for the, the space to sometimes be a sort of cacophony of stuff going on and sometimes sure. be a very kind of mellow place? Yeah, of uh, course. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we're, you know, we're always interested in being surprised. As Yulia was saying, you know, the big thing really is you know, we have got this resource here, this platform, uh, which can enable people to explore and to make who who wouldn't otherwise be able to do that. And, um, that, you know, we wouldn't have any kind of sense of gatekeeping or curating that. I mean, it's about actually people finding their way. Um, and that's, that's what's exciting. Mm. Yeah. It is a calming experience being here. The building was devised for that and the surroundings are devised for that. But actually, um, what that gives rise to is quite a joyous feeling mm. as well and, and a lot of room for energy, um, which is, I suppose, a little bit unexpected for me as well. So it's, it's because you can keep the world at bay in a way, it, that it's a much more joyful experience. And, and there is a lot of up energy here as well, isn't there? I think it's... Amazing. So if there's a young artist listening to the podcast and thinking, this sounds great, how do I get on the list to apply to be part of that? Where would you, where would you advise them to go? They have to, write to, they have to write to Rebecca, who works here, and she has, she has the list of people. And um, yeah. Or just through the website, I guess, yeah. Mm. We'll make sure we post some links on the, in the show notes so people know, know they can head to the website. Definitely do, do. I mean, it's otherwise, you know, what's the point of an empty space? You know, it's there to be used. and Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And right now, how is the studio being used kind of on, on a daily basis? Apart from obviously we can see that you're both there working like uh, on the projects that you're doing. But are, are you kind of like you already mentioned it, Max, like you've got orchestras coming in and different like just give us a flavor, flavor of what like a, maybe an average week might look like at the moment. Yeah, it really depends, you know, um, because mostly it's we've been doing sort of my own projects, our own projects up to this point. Um, so, uh, you know, I've been doing film scoring and records. So, 
you know, quite a, the recording days will be 20 or 30 or 40 people, um, one way and another, some kind of distribution of that. Um, or it can be, you know, solo instrumentalists or I'm doing some piano. I mean, right now I'm doing a movie score and I'm, we're doing a bunch of keyboards and electronics. And then um, we've got a composer's lab lined up slowly. Yeah. And um, um, kind of salons, we're doing these kind of salons, you know, this kind of just artistic exchange, evenings of artistic exchange, really, that are coming up in the autumn as well. So it's very varied. And also my work, of course, and, and a lot of visual art coming through. So They sound great. We're, we're building another building. Because <laughs> we're gluttons for punishment. <laughs> we are, we've already grown out of it. <laughs> Oh, wow. So you're, you're extending, <laughs> having this lived experience now, so to speak, of, of using it for your work day in, day out. How, how do you see it expanding? Like, or, or how, how does the idea kind of keep moving? You know, I've, I've read that you've got plans on certain kind of fronts to make it even more accessible for artists coming with, say, family or... Yeah, we're building a crash, definitely. I mean, we've, we've, I've always wanted to have a crash wherever we create. I think it's, you know... We've had three children and it's really, really hard to keep going, especially if you're in the creative industries. So um, that's definitely part of our plans is so that people can come up and use, you know, be still playing when, when they've got babies. Um, and then we're building another artist art space and a, cu a couple of more. What we're doing is almost... Well, I say this, we're doing it because we have to get planning, but <laughs> we're in the stages of creating planning. I'm sure it will... Uh, it's going to be so we're going to have um, uh, these live work pods for people to come up and spend extended residencies as well. At the moment, the residency is only about two weeks long, so we're going to have you know where they can spend the month up here, maybe doing their creative work. So there'll be small little pods where it's just live work spaces out in the woodlands, so they're completely surrounded by woods. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's going to be really good. It's it's, it's again busy building, <laughs> a thousand decisions, but. <laughs> We talked a bit about the, the sort of um, sustainable features of, of the of the recording studio earlier on, and I wondered what um, if this played a part in it. When if if you're there creating a piece of visual art or you're composing a soundtrack or something mm. like that, knowing that the um, the process of creating that has been kind of thought about, like d does it mean there's no sort of um, attachment of feelings of guilt or anything like that? Like we've spoken to different people on the podcast before that you know. Uh, particular creators who um they're just very conscious of the fact that mm. they're producing carbon when they're you know making something and they kind of feel a bit some, uh, uneasy about that for whatever reason whereas obviously the building means that when you're making something that that you're, that has been considered so does that have an impact on the final product i mean we've built this this um in a way i i think of it as like a big instrument you know we've built this instrument that that it has been yeah considered to be as kind of low impact as as we could make it, so I guess that's our that's our sort of starting point with the place. And but I think even even more than that, when when you build a place like this, you we were saying this the other day. You built you basically build a massive question mark. You know, it's like well, you've got it now, so now now what are you going to do with it? And it's and it's more about like um, trying to now put it to the to the best and and kind of most intelligent use in terms of you know, enabling, you know, other people to also have that, that experience that we've got going on here. 
the, the, in terms of all of the effort and the the heartache and the brain power that's gone into making this space, um, it feels a little bit like a sort of blueprint for what a lot of others might want to do in future. Are you, are you kind of open to collaboration with others that might want to build spaces that are similar, that can learn from your experience? Yes, of course. I mean, I, I've often, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure why this ha- hasn't happened more often, actually. I don't really understand <laughs> why, why this hasn't happened. But I think there is a movement of artists kind of taking control and being sick of waiting for governments, maybe, and just getting on and doing it themselves. I think that, you know, especially with visual art, you have, you know, what Tracy Emin's doing and what Yinka Shimbara's doing. And, you know, there are artists setting up places like this now. And I think that that, that is what's going to happen more and more. There is something about uh, the kind of autonomy that a, a place like this allows you, which is really, I think it's really beneficial for, for creative work generally. You know, the idea that, you know, we can just, you know, we can record something... We, we sort of don't need, like, anyone's permission, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and we don't have to book a place, you know, la, la, la. So, so that gives you a lot of freedom. Um, and I think, yeah, Yulia's right. You know, there are more and more folks who are sort of thinking, wait a minute, we can just do this, um, whether that's in, in music or, or other media. Mod, you know, the modern communications technology and the net and all of that has, has made that much more viable. You know, it would be very difficult to have done this, you know, 20 years ago. It would have been much more difficult for people to sort of take it seriously as a, as a thing that can work. It really is possible to sort of find a place and, and, and make it into this little, what have we done? It's a kind of art factory in a wood. Yeah. <laughs> I had a question that's not about the studio, that's about the both of the art that you, you both create. And that is that, the climate crisis is obviously very complex and gives way to this really tangled and sort of profound set of human emotions. Do either of you attempt to try and encounter those in your art? And, and do you think, broadly speaking, are we doing as artists, as like a kind of music and visual arts kind of community, are we doing a good job at the moment of reflecting, you know, the biggest problem that humanity's ever faced? I mean, I think people are really attempting to do it. I, I think it's a very difficult thing to do. I think a lot of people switch off when artists do something like that. You don't want to preach. It's not about preaching. I mean, we all know it's such a complicated issue, so delicate, and, and nobody's perfect, so you're always striving, or hopefully people are striving, but it's, it needs a global effort. Yeah, it's super complicated, isn't it? I mean, it's very difficult for individual people to, to sort of do anything which has a material impact. But I guess consciousness and awareness raising is something we can do. I mean, it's obviously sort of one minute to midnight, climate-wise. The way the world is constructed along the sort of neoliberal template is 100% hostile to biological life. We've got a challenge, (laughs) but it's like a really systemic 360 philosophical challenge. That's a big thing to take on in a creative work and in a you know, and as a as an individual, yeah, as Yuli is saying, you know, awareness raising and uh, and just trying to think about this creatively is is very important. And hopefully, the building itself, in a way that that 
now that we've done this, like you say, it's template in a way, isn't it? And hopefully, you know, sometimes you just, sometimes you, you do things just because it's always been done that way. You go to this kind of recording studio because always that's what happens. This, or live this particular way because it's always happened. And, and it's hard to see outside of that because you're just so busy just getting on with daily life, isn't it? And then, then suddenly somebody does something and it shows you a slightly different thing and you go, oh my God, why weren't we doing this all along? And, and hopefully maybe this place has a bit of that for people. I don't know. People that come and use it, hopefully they go off and they expect that from other places then. Exactly. Like we, we've talked about it before, haven't we, Faye? You came out with a brilliant expression the other week, which was about how um, people shrink when encountered with bad news and they grow when they're encountered with positive news. Well, that's it, isn't it? That's it. That's what we're trying to do with Voices too as a project is to say, because, you know, we're surrounded by bad news. It's so awful the whole time. And it's, and it's, you can just, just stagnate in that. Mm. You just can't move for it, can you? You just, you just mm. want to shut down and squirrel away. And it's, it's, it, we were, with, with Voices as a record, we were trying to give a positive, hopeful message about um, human rights. And I suppose this building is the same feeling behind it. It's like, we can make this future. We can make it better. We can. And, you know, we just have to somehow forget social media and forget all the terrible things that we're hearing every second of every day and just kind of move into actually taking positive action and maybe it's the artist's role to to create that vision of how things can be yeah that's definitely yeah i think that is that is part of what creativity is about yeah Our thanks once again to Max and Yulia. It made me desperate to visit the studio at some point and see it in real life, as good as it looked on our screens as we were chatting to them online. Faye, first off, did you like what you heard about the space? It sounds like heaven, <laughs> honestly. It sounds so nice. And I, again, same as you, I can't wait to, to visit it at some point if we ever get the chance. Yeah, I just really love their vision for it. Mm. I love their vision for not only creating this very idyllic beautiful and very comfortable space to make art and make music but also I mean thank goodness they're opening the doors for other people mm. and they're not just keeping it to themselves yeah. I think that's so fundamental to to the idea as well it's all very well established musicians having their own studios but they're keeping you know that's people's decision to keep it to themselves but the fact that they want to share it and really bring people into the space just brings with it so much positive energy and good heart and good good natured spirit that it really I think that will imbibe the space with really good energy as well 100% I agree with you I think that's really really important and I think that I love the description of it being a little art factory in the wood I think Max said at one point and you're right I can't wait to see because this is you know a multifunctional space dealing with lots of different art just not just music I'm really interested hearing them talk about the concept and how they've put it together, they've built it, their vision for it. I'm really interested to see what type of work gets created there in the next sort of five or 10 years. Obviously not just Max and Yulia's stuff, but any artists that they have coming to do residencies or collaborators and things like that. Yeah, I'm sort of going to be watchful of that. I think that's going to be really interesting to see what type of thing emerges from there. Yeah, totally. I think so much music is made in an urban environment and under pressure. I know when, when I was writing music with my band, we had these four-hour slots right in the middle of the city. as was setting up, setting down. the tre You know, your commute on the way there and it, you come to the studio with all of this like hyped kind of tense energy. And that, if anyone's listened to Savages, you can definitely hear that in the music. But... Um, but if you're in a much more kind of loose, open space where you're 
skipping through nature on the way from wherever you're staying to the studio, then yeah, maybe that really brings a different energy into the music. And then people listening to that music will get that energy as well. So it really sort of sets in motion a whole flow of, of good vibes, I think. I thought the terms that Yulia used when talking about the studio were really interesting. You could clearly see that sort of having been able to to finally open this place and start getting people through the door felt quite profound and almost sort of spiritual to her, right? Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that they're very much open to sort of sharing their the knowledge they've gone through. You described it as like a grand designs project. Like anybody who's ever done anything like that will, as they'll know, like they're probably it's probably pretty difficult experience with like loads of lessons to share loads of things that probably went wrong loads of things they might have done differently but they're they're willing to sort of like help create a bit of a blueprint because it does feel like other spaces like this could be well needed all across you know the country and beyond to, to to you know because studios they're not they're not that many and also it's a real problem isn't it if you're an artist and you, sure you can you can create you've got access to great tools with, at home or in your bedroom or wherever you, you make your music but there might come a point where you need those spaces to to, to go and kind of to record and just realize your vision so something like this feels very very essential in that regard absolutely and i think with with people being priced out of central cities you know certainly out of london i'm sure out of other cities as well more and more people are moving further and further out and communities are getting more and more split up as as we're all pushed towards the edges of cities. Um, and so what the next step is to go sort of further out into the country. And I think especially during the pandemic, a lot of people have made that move. And with digital communication so much easier and working from home is so much easier now. There's there's so many more reasons to get out and, and to relocate into a more, a more countryside, a more nature-based setting. So I think there could be a bit of a shift in that way and it'd be really interesting to see. Just a final kind of couple of things on this. I I, I loved their, what they sort of saw the, the next step for uh, developing the studio, things like being able to have artists come and stay properly on site and, and, and work, um, things like the creche and the garden cafe. And then also just, it is really important, as you already said, that, that they're gonna, they've, they've got a plan for making those facilities accessible because as soon as you take one look at this studio, it is really high spec, stunning. You just, I mean, me personally, I'm not a musician, but I took one look at it and thought that looks really <laughs> expensive. Um, and 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 therefore, like I love the fact that they are, that is a real consideration for them that they're trying to get people, emerging artists in particular, into the building to be able to use those facilities and to create. Final thing, I love the Badger story. Like they really were kind of you know so considerate in the build. You know that that you know that it sounds like it's the setting of it on on the sort of edge of a of a woodland. You know, it's an existing kind of farm building structure. And so they did have to take into consideration conservation and, and respect for the, the already existing inhabitants, shall we say, of, of, of the building. What will the badgers think? What will the badgers think? <laughs> they had to do the building at the time when the badgers weren't home. Like, you know, Badger was off on holiday. <laughs> they were like, right, quick, let's get the, the living room fitted or whatever. But yeah, that's great <laughs> that they were even, you know, that they were so considerate, I guess, about the, that, that, that just went, to me, that just showed how truly embedded the project is within its natural environment and the setting where it is so um it was lovely to speak to them both before we get some recommendations Faye I just say to anybody listening that enjoyed hearing that do rate the podcast or or give us a review wherever you're listening to this or better still please do tell a friend if you think that they might be interested in the type of conversations that we share on Sounds Like a Plan we're also on social media we are at Sounds Like a Plan podcast and you can email us we are Sounds Like a Plan podcast at 
gmail.com. Faye, before we go, do you have a recommendation for us? Yes, I do. And my recommendation this week is for anyone who is feeling a bit frazzled and a bit burnt out or a bit overwhelmed by climate conversations, global news, all of the things that kind of bombard us every day. And it's a podcast by Jack Cornfield, and it's called the Heart Wisdom Hour. And it's Jack Cornfield, who's a, a Buddhist practitioner, and he's based in the States, and he's um, worked with all the greats like Ramdas and Tichnat Han, and he's just very, very peaceful, wise teacher, really teacher about life. And he does these uh, sort of talks and they're about 30 minutes long. And he'll talk about all sorts of things that happen in life, but including current affairs and including the climate crisis and how to kind of sit with those things as a human and how to really kind of exist alongside all of this tragedy and, and sort of drama and chaos that we see around us. So for anyone feeling a little burnt out or a little overwhelmed or anyone just wanting to have a real burst of um, peaceful, mellow energy, Jack Cornfield's Heart Wisdom podcast. And it's it's really, really nice and it's very calming. Great, great. Yeah. My recommendation this time, Faye, have you heard about the event Overheated? Yes, I have heard about the event Overheated. Music Declares Emergency are very proudly partnering with them. For anybody that hasn't, um, so this is Billie Eilish has announced a multi-day climate-focused uh, live event taking place at the O2 in London. It coincides with the shows that she's playing there as part of her Happier Than Ever world tour. And before she headlines Glastonbury uh, in late June, cannot wait for that, by the way. This is going to bring together climate activists, musicians, designers, people across different industries to discuss the climate crisis in a set of talks and film screenings and interviews. Billy is going to be there, along with many others, including Vanessa Nakate, Tori Sue, Maggie Baird, Jack Harry, lots and lots of stuff happening there's going to be some music as well from Sigrid and Love Sega amongst others and all the proceeds of this event are going towards organisations such as Reverb who we've had on the podcast on this podcast before and also Support and Feed so a great event happening it's the key dates I think are the 10th and the 16th of June but there are things happening across all of that week down at the O2 if you head to imoverheated.com there's all the information uh, about what's happening and tickets Uh, and obviously if Music Declares Emergency are involved get yourself down there it's going to be great yeah we'll be part of that and part of the great music climate community that's really building in this country um so it's it's brilliant it's going to be a really great event yeah and as always we'll post links to our recommendations in the show notes below where you're listening to this and shout them out on our instagram at sounds like a plan podcast so thanks very much for joining us on this episode of sounds like a plan we've got something pretty special lined up for you next time out on the podcast a great conversation that we have recorded with aurora so we look forward to being with you then and thanks for tuning in thanks for streaming this episode of sounds like a plan Faye milton was your host along with me greg cochran this podcast is made by new allotment you can find more about them at newallotment.com and this episode was edited by tim cochran with more info at timothycochran.com our theme music was created by lightandthunder.com and the artwork is by stuart stubbs until the next time we're together thanks for listening